0: Um, yeah, you know, what a great, uh, a great week we had with our revival uh, with Brother Dignan and uh, just the messages that, that God brought that um, used to speak to hearts and thank the Lord for uh, several that got saved during the week, and uh, how God just spoke to hearts and um, again, we 've always said revival, even though we have a revival meeting, revival uh, doesn 't end when the meeting ends, right. Uh, revival ends basically when you decide I'm done with revival I don't want it anymore that's when revival ends um, revival ends when we in our hearts say you know what God I don't want you speaking to my heart anymore I don't working I don't want you working anymore that's when revival ends but as long as we're willing to let God keep working revival can keep working it has nothing to do with a, a, a time period or a meeting or you know we had a four-day revival or a five-day revival and so that was it no uh that that it's all about what god is doing in our heart and uh you guys just cut me off what are we doing all right there we go okay um so yeah just uh keep praying about that uh and just pray continue praying that god would continue working through um the message and the things that were brought so it was a very very good week all right um all right anybody have a question or anything you'd like to ask this morning I know the past uh, couple of weeks, uh, of course, revival. We didn't have our Sunday school hour, and uh, we were working through uh, some things about the rapture and um, the second coming and things like that. But anybody, anybody, have a question you want to ask this morning? Anybody have a question? Nobody has a question this morning. Brother Dignan answered them all, huh? He just answered all the questions, all right? Um, One thing I had had mentioned, we were talking, um, um, and uh, somebody sent me a question uh, kind of relating to this, and I thought this would be a really kind of an interesting thing to to look at. So um, we understand the Bible says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned, right? We understand that, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned, come short of the glory of God. Okay. So, how do we know or how does someone know that they are a sinner? How does somebody know that they're a sinner? No, not a true not a tr- question at all, right? We're talking, you know, we're talking about the Bible. How does somebody know that they are a sinner? Miss Emily? I think you first have to understand, they have to understand what sin is. Okay. All right, good. They have to understand what sin is. So, what is sin, Billy Corey? They're turning me off back there. They're putting things in my pulpit. I'm telling. They're out to get me this today. I don't know what's going on. No. So, what is sin? Okay. All right. Somebody else? Okay. Miss Leslie? Is kind of in the to okay. All right. Anybody else? What else? what would we say? What how do we How do we know that some how does somebody able to know that there is a sinner? If they're talking about sin, how do we know what sin is? Brother John? Okay. Yeah, the Holy Spirit's definitely gonna speak to us and convict us, right? What is sin? How do we know what sin is? Because here's what here's what many people try to do. Many people try to say there's big sins. There's little sins, right? We have big sins like murder, adultery, you know, but then like little sins like well lying, that's that's just a little sin, right? You know, that's that's not that's not big. So what is sin? If we're if we're going to say there's big sins and little sins, can can there be big sins and little sins? Or is it just sin? Okay, so what is sin? It's not Anything that displeases God? Okay. What's that? That's good. Anything do that's wrong? Okay. Anything that we do that's wrong? Okay. anybody else? Yeah. Okay. Right. He says to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him it is sin. Okay. anybody else? How do we what would we say how do we give a definition of sin? Miss Donna? Not obeying what God has told us to do. Okay? Not obeying what God has told us to do. Okay? Some of you some of you are hitting around it. The Bible the Bible tells us in James that sin is the transgression of the law. Right? Sin is the transgression of the law. Okay? And that's why we know for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, right? How do we know we're a sinner? Because there is a law that shows us that we are a sinner, right? How do you know if you have broken the speed limit when you're going 100 miles an hour down 75? Not just because there's blue and red lights in your rearview mirror. How do you know that you've broken the law? Because there's signs that say the speed limit is 70, right? Or whatever it might be, and you're going 100. So the sign, there's a law there that says this is what the speed limit is. You go beyond that, you break that, then you have broken the law, right? Sin is the transgression of the law. Sin is anything that breaks the law, right? And again, we think about Romans three twenty three. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Yes, we are. We have fallen short of the glory of God, and the reason why we have fallen short of perfection, short of God's glory, is because of sin. Right? Okay. So I want you to think with me about this. Right? And uh, excuse me. I, I said James. It's First John three four that says sin is the transgression of the law. So if sin is the transgression of the law, right? And I think even Brother Corey mentioned um, the Ten Commandments, things like that, right? If sin is the transgression of the law, I'm going I'm to really try to get you to think deep about something this morning, okay? Are you ready for this? Everybody ready? If sin is the transgression of the law, what law was there then if the law was not given till Moses on Mount Sinai. Okay, in the Garden of Eden, yes, right? In the Garden of Eden, he said that, that was the law in the Garden of Eden, right? He said, don't eat of the tree. The knowledge of good and evil, they did it. They broke God's law. That's why sin entered into the world. That's absolutely right. Sin enters into the world because they transgressed the law, right? They broke God's law. Don't eat of the tree, okay? But now you have Adam and Eve, right? And they have children and children and children and children and children and children, children right? Uh, But the law, the law of Moses doesn't come until hundreds of years after the flood, Right? After the world has been destroyed through the flood? So if the law doesn't come until Moses, then how was God and follow my follow my logic here, okay? If the law doesn't come till Moses, then was God just or righteous to destroy the world if the law didn't come until after they were destroyed? I'm getting you to think deep here this morning, right? Rob? Okay. Ms. Don? So you're getting deep enough to say that in the Garden of Eden, they were told not to eat of the fruit of the tree, the knowledge of good and evil, but the tree. Right? The tree. Mm hmm. Right, mm-hmm, yep. I'm still thinking I'm hmm Because, I mean, we would define, you know, societies and things, basically we would take what law? We would take the Ten Commandments mostly, right? But if the Ten Commandments don't come into existence until Mount Sinai, then how can there, how can there, because again, right, remember, we understand The wages of sin is death, right? Death is the punishment for sin, okay? And sin, we know we're a sinner because of the law. So what law was there before the law was given on Mount Sinai? By the way, I know the answer, okay? I know where I'm going with this, okay? Some of you are like pastor, what are what are you I know where I'm going with this, okay? I'm just I'm trying to get you to think this morning, right, Miss Emily? So, the question is, um, so, so during this time I'm talking about God spoke to, to certain individuals and they talked the teachings. Right, correct? Or am I often- yeah, God spoke to Abraham and God spoke to Isaac and God spoke to Noah. Yeah, God spoke to people. Okay. What principles? <laughs> right? Right? Cuz here, here's what and the reason why I'm going the reason why I'm going about this, right? One, I like to see you squirm. Um, but no, I'm just kidding. Um, but People always go back, well, you know, the law of Moses, right? The law, you know, on Mount Sinai, it was all about Israel. It was all about these different things. And so many times, we always go back to Moses and the children of Israel. But we have to understand, that's almost 2,500 years after creation. So are we saying that there was no law for 2,500 years? From the time that God kicks Adam and Eve out of the garden, there's no law of, there's nothing there until God gives it on Mount Sinai to Israel. Now, if that's true, if that's true, then what right does God have to judge and to punish all of those before the law was given? The reason why God had every right to kick Adam and Eve out of the garden was because what? What? He gave them the law. Do not eat of this tree. What'd they do? They ate of it. And by the way, he told them the consequence too. He said, you eat of the tree, you're going to die. They ate of the tree. God said, all right, now, out you go. God was just. He was righteous in his judgment because they had broken God's law, right? So after Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden, up until god gives the law to moses what law is there his divine law meaning okay Okay. All right. Saying that God had given a divine law. Okay. Corey. Well, if there. It says that there is sin here, but it wasn't put as a transgression until the law came. So then, what right does God have to judge someone if there is no law to be judged? Don't just give us the answer already. (laughs) Because, okay, so here's here's the thing this is why this is important, okay? Because what, what do Calvinists teach? Calvinists or the Reformed theology, all of that, Calvinists say you do not have a choice, right, in what you do, right? God has chosen who can be saved. God has chosen who is lost. You don't have a choice in the matter, right? So, therefore, if God has chosen who can be saved and who can be lost, it really doesn't even matter if there's a law or not. It doesn't matter if there's a law. Because God's already said, you're going to be saved, you're not going to be saved. Again, it's that whole idea that they say, God's already already, uh, chosen who can be and who can't be, so it doesn't matter. I mean, you don't even have a choice in it. If God has chosen for you to be saved, you're going to be saved whether you like it or not. And if God's chosen you not to be saved, even if you wanted to be saved, you can't be saved. Okay? So again, if that is true then, then what's the purpose of the law? If God made Eve sin in the garden. In other words, she didn't have a choice in the matter. God had already determined and chosen for her to sin. That's why she sinned, because God chose for her to sin. Why did God give the law then? What's the purpose of the law? If man has no choice in what they're doing, then man has no what? Free will, that's true, but if man has no choice, we have no what? We have no responsibility. If I'm doing something simply because God made me do it, then I'm not responsible for my actions. Right? If I'm not if, if I if if I'm just doing it because God made me do it, then I'm not responsible for my actions. Right? And if I'm not responsible for my actions and I sin, then who's responsible? Now we're saying God is responsible for it. Do you see how dangerous this is? Right? Because now, in essence, what we're doing is we're going back and saying God is the one who is responsible for sin. Because God, even though God made Eve eat of that fruit and God made Adam eat of that fruit, what right then did God have to kick them out of the garden if they were simply doing what he made them do? What right does God have to send someone to hell if he is chosen for them not to believe. How is that righteous and just? If God has said, even if you want to believe, you can't. And because you didn't believe, you're going to go to hell. What? How does how that make sense at all? Is everybody with me? Okay. Doesn't make sense, does it? So, God in Genesis chapter 6, what does God do? God destroys the earth, doesn't he? So, if there is no law until Moses, then was God just and righteous to destroy the earth because of their wickedness? If there was no law, then God was not just and righteous. But there had to be a law. Because the wages of sin is death. And all have come short of the glory of God. Right? Are we all together here? Have I completely perplexed you this morning? (laughs) So we know there was a law before the fall. Right? We just talked about it. The law before the fall... God told them in Genesis chapter 2, verse number 16, not to eat of the tree. Not to eat of the tree. There was a law. God gave it. They ate of the tree. They're kicked out of the garden. Now that they're kicked out of the garden, you think God is not going to give them a law now? You don't think God's going to give them a law even after they're removed from the garden? He's going to wait 2,500 years to bring the law? I don't think so. I think we can see the law throughout the Old Testament and throughout the Book of Genesis. We see this law before the law of Moses was given, right? Um, because someone someone was asking about, you know, I mentioned there's we are not under the law of Moses. We're not under the Old Testament law, but we are still under the the law of Christ, right? And so they were saying, what is the what is the law of Christ and what is the law of Moses and, and this? So this is what we're looking at. Right. So, in Genesis chapter four, Genesis chapter four, what look what he says in verse number six. Uh, um, God has rejected Cain's sacrifice. Right? They were supposed to bring a blood sacrifice. Okay. Now again. The thing that we have to understand is God has not given us every word that has ever been spoken in history. We understand that? God has not given us every word that he has spoken and that man has spoken in history. We don't have that. Okay? But notice here in Genesis chapter 4, right? In verse number 3, In the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel he also brought of the firstling of his flock and of the fat thereof. Right? So here you have the two brothers bringing offerings. They're bringing a sacrifice, okay? Cain is offering a sacrifice of uh, uh, an animal that because he is a, he's a herdsman, Cain offers a sacrifice of the fruit of the ground, his his crops, okay? Right? Then watch what happens. But unto Cain and to his offering, God says, he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. Now watch what God is saying. Okay, Here is Cain and Abel. They've both brought sacrifices. And God says to Cain, I do not accept your offering. Do not accept it. Now, first question we have to ask is, where does it say in Scripture that God told them to bring an offering? Where does it say in Scripture that God told them to bring an offering? It doesn't. It doesn't say that. Nowhere in scripture will you find that God told Cain and Abel to bring an offering. And yet they knew that they were to bring an offering. And not only did they know they were to bring an offering, they knew what kind of offering they were supposed to bring. How could God say to Cain, I do not accept yours if there is no stipulation on what offering to bring? If God has not said this is the type of offering to bring, then when Cain brings a fruit offering, then God has to accept it. Unless God had said that it had to be a blood sacrifice. You say, well, I don't see that in scripture. You're right, because it's not in scripture. God has not recorded everything he has ever said. Okay, But that doesn't mean that God did not tell them that. Again, God has given us a brain. We have to use our brain sometimes. I know we just like answers given to us, right? You guys want me to just give you the answer, okay? But we have to use our brain sometimes. That's why God gave us it, right? I know, what is it they say that we only use like 90% of our brain? Or excuse me, we only use like 10% of it. 90 percent's unused. Let's, let's get a little bit more of that use in here, okay? So think about what he's saying here. So they both bring an offering. One is a blood sacrifice. One is crops, God rejects it. God rejects Cain's offering and Cain gets mad, right? Cain was very wroth and his countenance fell. So God or Cain gets upset with God because he doesn't accept his offering. So then what does God say? God actually speaks to Cain and the Lord said unto Cain, why art thou wroth? Why is thy countenance fallen? He's like, Cain, what's up, man? I don't know if he said those words, but you know, he's like, what's, what's wrong? Why are you upset? Why, is your, why are you so distraught? And watch what he says. If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? Cain, if you would do what you know is right, it'll be accepted. If you'll bring the offering that I told you to bring, it will be accepted just like Abel's was. Right, So even here, we find there was a law that God had given to them. And again, we don't know how old Cain and Abel were at this time. We don't know how old Adam and Eve are. The first 11 chapters of the Bible deal with 2,000 years of history. Can, I mean, can you imagine that? This, this right here. That. <laughs> that right there. And I've actually even got... An extra page in there. There we go. That right there. That's 2,000 years of history. This all back here is another 2,000 years of human history. So, I mean, compare, right? So, before... Before Genesis chapter 11, again, all we have is 11 chapters that tell us about 2,000 years of human history. So we're not going to have everything that God had said, but we understand that God had given a law. God had given them some type of instruction that they were to bring a blood sacrifice. Now, we can know now why that was so important, right? Right? Why is it so important that they bring a blood sacrifice? Hello, Ross? Chapter 3, 21. Uh, Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skin and clothe them. Well, how did he get (coughs) the coats of skin? Right. He had to sacrifice some animals that he created. That's right. Yep. So in Genesis chapter 3, after they had sinned in the garden, God has to kill an innocent animal to clothe them, right? But why is the blood sacrifice so important? Why is the blood sacrifice so important, Rob? Because it's a picture of the blood sacrifice that Jesus is going to offer. His blood is going to be shed. That's why all through the Old Testament, it's always the blood sacrifice, okay? The shedding of an innocent animal. Jesus Christ was innocent. He was that spotless lamb of God who was coming to take away our sins. Okay? So this is why God says it's so important. And God had given them instructions. Okay? You're going to bring an offering, and it must be a blood sacrifice. That's what is acceptable. So God was very right and very just when Cain brings the fruit and he says, here's my sacrifice. And God says, I do not accept it. I do not accept it. God had every right to say, I do not accept it because God had given them instruction on what type of sacrifice to bring. And that's why God says here, if thou doest well, well, how would Cain know what is well if God hadn't told them what was well? Again, we're, we're, we're not wanting to get into this idea, well, you know, because God didn't tell them, then God doesn't have any right. Well, now you're saying that then God forced Cain to bring this sacrifice, and now God is going to not accept it because God told him to bring it. Again, that's, that, that reasoning just doesn't fly. It doesn't work. Okay? There is absolute evidence that God gave them instruction because God says, if you do well, it will be accepted. If you do what is right, what I told you to do, I will accept it. If not, and watch what he says here, sin lieth at the door. Now, wait a minute. What is sin? The transgression of the law, Right? That means if God says sin lieth at the door, that means there was a law that was given. There was a command that God gave that he says, if you don't do this, it's sin. If you don't do it, it's sin. Why? Because God had already given them instruction. Okay? Now, I've seen a couple of hands as I've been talking. I haven't been ignoring you. I've just wanted to finish this. Brother Corey, you had your hand up? Brother Ross Brother Ross answered? Okay. Miss Patty, you had your hand up. Um, What about Abel's being the first of the first fruits and his fattest calf versus Cain's just said fruits? It may not have been his best or his first. But there's still no blood sacrifice, it had to be a blood sacrifice. It wasn't that it was Cain, that Abel just brought a, a plumper sheep, whatever. No, it had to be a blood sacrifice, and that's why it says here about Cain, he brought of the and, um, and where did I go here? Uh, verse number three, he brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. It wasn't that God is saying Cain, or Cain, you know, uh, you've worked hard and you've grown these things, but I'm saying they're bad. It's not that God was saying what he had done was bad. No, he, I'm sure he had worked very hard to grow those things, right? I mean, God just, back in Genesis chapter 3, we find the curse that from the sweat of the brow, you're going to have to make things grow. So no doubt, Cain had done, it was working hard to do this, but it wasn't the right sacrifice. It had to be a blood sacrifice, right? And that's why God says, look, I'm not going re- to accept it, okay? If you do what is right, I will, but if not, sin's lying at the door. You're gonna you're gonna break the law here, right, Brother Ross? You keep saying that God told Cain and Abel, but did He actually tell them that had to be a blood sacrifice, or can we assume that He told Adam and Eve, and Adam and Eve told the son? That's a good question. We we could assume either way. Yeah. Um, But some way they knew that God had said to bring a blood sacrifice, because if not, again, if they if they did not know that God had said and commanded to bring a blood sacrifice, God could not say you're not doing well. Right. If you don't tell your child to clean their room, you can't punish them for not cleaning their room. If you tell them to clean their room and then they refuse to do it, then you can punish them. Why? Because they are disobeying, right? And this is, again, this is this whole, this is this whole premise behind this, this Calvinism, this reformed theology and everything, is that we are not held responsible for our actions because it's God's fault. No, it's not God's fault. We have a free choice. Cain had a free choice. God is not being unjust and unrighteous and saying, Cain, you brought the wrong sacrifice. Bring the right one, and I'll accept it. If not, it's sin. He was just in that because he had given them that command. Okay? So he's, he's given them this law, right? So there was a law in the, in the Garden of Eden, don't eat of the tree, And in the same way, after the Garden of Eden, he has given them the law about the sacrifice. What sacrifice would be acceptable? What would not be acceptable? Okay? What about in Genesis chapter 9? Genesis chapter 9. We're not going to finish this this morning, but that's okay. It'll give you something to really think about this week. Right? Genesis chapter 9. We find another law. right? In... um, Verse number one, And God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth, upon every fowl of the air, upon all that moveth upon the earth, and upon all the fishes of the sea. Into your hand are they delivered. Every moving thing that liveth shall be meat for you, even as the green herb have I given you all things. So here's another thing that God is saying. God's saying, hey, you can eat anything. You can eat anything. That's what he says. Every moving thing that liveth shall be meat for you. Even as the green herb have I given you all things. He's given them dominion over everything, right? In verse number two, the fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth, upon every fowl of the air. In other words, he's giving them dominion over everything. And he says, and you can eat anything, right? Okay, now, hmm, this kind of of goes... Because if God says here in Genesis chapter 9, you can eat anything, but then 500 years later or so, actually it's going to be more than 500 years. It's going to be closer to almost 1,000 years later. God's going to tell Israel on Mount Sinai, there are certain foods you cannot eat. Right? Doesn't God tell Israel there are certain foods they can't eat? Now, there are some people who say, well, hey, you know, we're, we're going to go back, you know, to, to the law. And God said, you know, you're not supposed to eat uh, pork. You're not supposed to eat this type, of, uh, this type of sea creature. You're not supposed to eat this type of land creature, right? You're not supposed to eat certain of these things. So wait a minute. Before that law was given, God had already given a law that you could eat anything. No, 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 no. He doesn't say not to eat meat. What does he say? but flesh with the life thereof which is the blood shall you not eat right god says you're not supposed to eat blood right don't eat like bloody meat right you you don't understand what he's saying cook it right cook it okay right so think about what he's saying here so god says you can eat anything right any meat you can eat pork you can eat snake if you want you can eat crocodile You can eat dog. I'll be like, ah, no, not dog, right? Hey, there's countries that they eat dog, okay? I mean, it's just how it is, right? You can eat any meat. Now, a thousand years later, Moses comes along. Israel comes to Mount Sinai. God says there's certain things you're not supposed to eat, okay? So now we have two different laws. One law says you can eat anything. One law says you can only eat certain things. So which law do we follow? Ah, see, the law that was given on Mount Sinai was given to who? It was not given to every single person. Guess who it was given to? To the Jews only, right? The law at Mount Sinai was given to the Jews only, right? That's why as Gentiles, we're not under that law, right? Hallelujah, right? Now, if, again, if somebody says, well, hey, I choose not to eat certain things, that's fine. Somebody can choose not to eat meat. Somebody can choose not to eat certain types of foods. There's no problem with that, okay? But we have to understand that God has said, we are free to eat whatever we want to now, okay? Right? So, again, there is a law being given, okay? We can eat all types of meats. Don't eat raw or blood, okay? But you can eat any types of meats, all right? Let's go to Genesis chapter 26. Genesis chapter 26. And we'll probably have to stop with this one here. This will, this will give you a good one. Genesis chapter 26. Verse number 1. There was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerar. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt, dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee. And I will bless thee, for unto thee and unto thy seed I have given all these countries, and I'll perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father, and I'll make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven, and will give unto thy seed all these countries, and of thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Now watch what he says in verse five. Because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge. What's those next two words? My commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Hmm. God says Abraham obeyed his commandments, his statutes, and his laws. But now, wait a minute. When is the law given to Moses on Mount Sinai? We're talking about hundreds of years later. We're still hundreds of years, right? I mean we've jumped forward in time now. We're we're past the flood, right? We're past that two thousand year mark. We're a couple hundred years now into after the flood, four or five hundred years now. And God says Abraham obeyed my statutes, my commandments, and my laws. So what were these commandments? What were these statutes? What were these laws that God says Abraham obeyed? Right? That's what he says. Abraham obeyed, and he kept these things. He did these things. And he says, that's why now, Isaac, I'm going to bless you. You're, you're that descendant there. You're, go- you're going on, right, Miss Emily? Not everybody, no. God didn't speak to everybody. Right. Sure. Right. And of course, yes. So we would definitely understand that when God spoke to Abraham and said, hey, I want you to leave Ur of the Chaldees, he was not speaking to everybody, right? That was something specific for Abraham, right? So there were times when God specifically spoke to Abraham and said, I want you to do this. Right. And so he says, Hey, you did obey my voice. When he did that, they left or the Chaldees? Yep, Rob? Noah and his sons knew what the laws were, so they progressed it on their offspring. So that's probably where it came from. Say that again? Noah's, Noah and Noah's sons, they had the law because they knew that God had already destroyed them for not for their sin. Okay. They would have told their children and their children <clears throat> Okay. That's, that's really interesting. He's saying that Noah um, Noah would have known the commandments, maybe known the laws, and so he would have passed it on to their children and everything. By the way, it's very interesting. Do you know that Abraham Abraham could have actually met Noah? Abraham was like 74 years old when Noah died. That'll blow your mind, right? Abraham could have actually met Noah. Face to face, they were alive during the same time. Okay, all right. We're gonna have to stop here. Okay, but I want you to be thinking about this. Uh, okay, because we're gonna we're gonna keep we're gonna go through it again a little bit more this coming uh, Sunday in our Sunday school hour about the law of God, the law of Moses, the law of Christ. Right? We're looking at these laws because again, so many times we go back to well, the Ten Commandments and Mount Sinai, and that's where the law was given. But if that's true, then that means twenty five hundred years between. Adam and Eve sin, and the law of Moses, God didn't have a right to judge anybody, okay? If there's no law, right? I think we're starting to see there was a law, okay? We'll get more into this next week, all right? Father, thank you for your word. We ask you just bless in the service to follow. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Don't forget, try to move forward as much as you can, right? Move forward, squeeze in a little bit. Um, folks are coming in.